Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning and welcome to the Liberty Never Sleeps Patriot Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Purcell. You can follow the show at our website at libertyneversleeps.com where you can find links to us on all the social media sites including Gab and Parlor. The show is available to subscribe to also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite streaming device. If you'd like to see ad-free content and videos of the show, you can click at the patreon.com link on our website. Good morning. So... I'm watching all day Tuesday footage of Biden talk, footage of Dr. Fauci talk, and every time Joe Biden speaks, he is completely, I mean, he, he practically drools, he coughs. I don't know how much time he has left. He clearly has some sort of dementia or health issues. He sounds like a tired old man who's complaining about things that he has no clue of. He was talking today about demanding to get rid of the Senate filibuster. Essentially, what he wants is to ignore 52 votes in the Senate, override them, which is representative of half the nation, claim its democracy, and institute tyranny, one-party tyranny. That's what he was asking for, and he was just a cranky old man who didn't get what he wanted. And I suspect... That the reason why he is either getting angry or is upset or is desperate to get Build Back Better through is because he's owed so many favors to so many people and it's all built into that bill. I think that's why it's so big. Because he had to get everybody paid off. The last election was one of the most expensive in history, U.S. history, of any election. I don't know how much was spent. I don't know how much was calculated for either. I tried to find it online. The, the figures would vary. But I do remember Michael Bloomberg donating a personal billion dollars to his campaign. And, of course, it fell into the hands of the Joe Biden campaign. You knew all kinds of hands were greased in that election. You knew all kinds of favors were taken. And now he's got to pay those people back. He promised all kinds of people, well, don't worry. Donate this much money, donate that, form this, bundle that. Bloomberg, I don't know what he promised. And it's probably all built into this bill in some form or another. 
So now he's he's stuck because he can't get it past Congress. You know, he said, well, we will have the Senate. We'll have the Senate. I think he don't. You have 48 votes. Manchin and Sinema are going to say no. You have 52 votes who want his ideas. And he says, well, what we'll do is override the rules because I can't get what I want. The rules are there to protect people so that we don't have a one-party state. We got to protect democracy. We've, we've got to ensure our democracy is protected by instituting tyranny in America, by instituting one-party rule. Meanwhile, Fauci's on the Hill. He's up there on a congressional hearing. Ted Cruz has given Fauci a hard time trying to make political points after the huge mistake he made on calling the people on January 6th terrorists. Now everyone's coming after him. Even Tucker Carlson came after him. And so now he's got to score some points back with the conservative right. He's lost me. I don't care what he does now at this point. That is such, what he said was such a basic misstatement of facts that it cannot be overlooked. He did it because why? Because privately he believes it. Privately he's one of the club. He's one of the club that you're not in. And he sees himself as, you know, the conservative wing of that club. I'm not going to vote for him. I'm not going to support him. I'm sorry. I had a hard enough time with his behavior during the 2016 election. Now it's now my view of him is, is really limited. Frankly, most of the Senate I don't trust, if not all. Even Rand Paul I've had issues with. Dr. Fauci's out there talking about all kinds of things. Meanwhile, the CDC, while he's up on the hill getting grilled, to no avail. Nothing is going to happen to Fauci. He's, he quietly said on a mic where he couldn't be here, oh, that guy's a moron. Dr. Paul is a moron. He's not a moron in medical facts. He's a moron if he thinks he's going to get anything done, and Fauci knows it. Fauci knows Biden is going to be there for at least the next four years or, or Harris, and so he won't get fired. So he's like, why do I have to go up on the hill? Why do I have to answer these questions? There's nothing you can do to me. It doesn't matter if the House and the Senate are retaken by the Republicans in the fall. Fauci is secure. He knows it. And he's probably going to retire in the end anyway. That's why he was saying, oh, he's a moron. It's not because of what he was saying. Uh, Dr. Paul, Durand Paul, Senator Paul, I don't know. Which one is the better title? Senator, I think. Senator Paul was grilling him a hard time about his research. We'll talk about it in, our, in another segment. But I, I'm so sick of these congressional hearings. They're, they're, it's a waste of everybody's time. All these senators and congressmen do go up there and make speeches. They're never going to get rid of them. The time to do it is when you have control of government. He is a bureaucrat. Nothing will happen to him well, as long as the Democrats have control of the White House. You have to recapture the White House for anything to happen to him. And, then, and you know as full as well as I do. Even if you fired him, they're never going to remove his pension. He's secure. He's got how many years ago? I mean, he's a lifetime bureaucrat. He's not a scientist. He's not a doctor. So I'm so sick of these congressional hearings. I, you know, I had to watch them. Meanwhile, the CDC is coming out saying they want better masks, that we want a new standard. Or I don't know whatever standard they're on. N65, N95, N fuck you, YZ. I don't know what it is. They don't want those... Uh, the paper diapers or paper masks or whatever. 
They want you to wear this gas mask, essentially. Why not? They're not going to be happy until we all are in ball gags and gimp suits. That's what those are. Those, those masks are not going to protect you from a virus. What it is is a gag. It's a, a way to divide society from those that do and can have things and those who don't and can't have things. Because look at who's wearing them. All the elites, all the stars, all the celebrities, all the congressmen are going around without masks on. Who's wearing them? All the help, all the service people, all the guys pouring the coffee at the Catalina wine mixer. They're the ones who wear the mask. They're in the club. You aren't. That's what this whole thing is about. It's a way to divide society, further divide society. They're going to be people who won't wear a mask like me. They're going to be people who wear 18 masks or Coke bottles and plastic things all over their head. I saw one idiot wearing a dry cleaning bag over there. And it says right on the bag, don't put it over your head. She had her and her kid in a shopping cart with a dry cleaning bag over them. It is, it's virus escaped a level four lab. You think that plastic bag or those paper masks are going to stop it? It's just, I mean... The world is getting stupider. It really is. The world is getting dumber. Between the politics of it, the mandates, the changing of the masks, now they're talking about a new uh, vaccine, an Omicron vaccine. Why? The, the, if the original vaccine worked, why do you need a Omicron vaccine? Because they're constantly telling you, make sure you're vaccinated to protect you from the worst symptoms of Omicron. Okay. Well, now you've got a new vaccine. We've got an Omicron variant vaccine. Well, what, does it work on the other variant? Why didn't you introduce this one first? You know, there's all kinds of questions that nobody seems to be answering. Nobody's talking about scientists. Everybody's talking about politics. And meanwhile, the American people are suffering. Shelves are empty. Prices are, are going up faster than our paychecks. Because they, they came out with a new story. Oh, our paychecks are up 6.1%. Yeah, but inflation's up 85 And tomorrow, the numbers come out again for next month. It's going to be hideous. You watch. Not that you have anything and you can spend any money on I'm starting to see shortages, and I never did. If it's affecting me here in Arizona, an agricultural state and a border state, I can't imagine what it's going to be like in some place like Oregon or, or the Midwest. I'm sure you guys are having worse than we are. This is what I, you know, and, and meanwhile, on the view, all the liberals, you know, all the hens in the cackling hen house are complaining about Biden. Why? You're getting everything you want. You get, you're getting everything you want. Why? You, you, you think you were going to get uh, something passed with only 48 votes in the Senate? And people keep telling me, why are you saying 48, 48? Because two people are not voting with the Democrats, Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin. You've got 48 to 52. You do not have the, the majority. And we have a Supreme Court that's working at the behest of the Democrat Party. Let's talk about that next. We'll be right back. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus The Supreme Court has always been divided by politics. It's nothing new. Right-wing presidents, Republicans vote. Conservative judges, liberals are voted in by Democrats. Look at who the last bunch of Democrats were. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Sotomayor, uh, Elizabeth King. And they're, they're, elect, they're picked into the position by liberal people who think the same thing that they do. That more government is better and that they're the experts and you're not. Then you have the conservative side who take the law literally for the most part. Although when we had Bush in, it was six of one, half dozen another. Roberts has not been a consistent conservative vote. I can live with that. I can live with presidents picking judges who there are similarly lined ideologically. I get that's, that's our system. That was intended. Different people have different views. And they were put in that position for life for a reason. Because politics, right? Otherwise, your laws will change with the whiff of a presidential election. And you don't want that. You want it to be consistent. As it still happens in the last 30 years or so, conservative presidents have been the, how should I say, luckier of the two presidents and been able to pick. The case of Merrick Garland and Neil Gorsuch was nothing out of the ordinary. Barack Obama did not have a majority in the Senate. When presidents do not have a majority in the Senate, typically they cannot get a Supreme Court justice approved. There have been historical records showing it, sometimes as much as three or four hundred days. John Adams, even after he lost an election, had a majority in the Senate and was able to get a Supreme Court pick done in only 30 days. It works the other way, too. When presidents have a majority in the Senate, it goes right through. Even after they lost an election. Can you imagine if Donald Trump had won the election last year and he had tried to get somebody? If, can you imagine if Donald Trump, after losing the election, had tried to get somebody through in those 60 days before the, the inauguration, the, the liberals would have went nuts. That being said, as I said, it is understandable that judges change with the change in politics. What I find unacceptable, regardless of politics, is when a justice 
does not know the facts of the case or is spouting political points in line with one political party. That's different. When conservative justices in the past, like Scalia and others, have given lectures, it is always centered around what the law says. And then you have debates about the law. And, and I've watched lectures from liberal justices in the past who have also talked about the law and interpreted it in different ways. I've seen many debates, too, between conservative justices and liberal justices about points of law. And they always discuss, well, the law is written this way. I think you can interpret it that way. And, then they, and that's, that's our system. It doesn't mean you meet them halfway. It doesn't mean you compromise principles. It says, I state my case, you state your case. But it always revolves around, what does the law say? What is precedent? What has been done before? Why was it done? What was the thinking back then? What is the thinking now? All matters of law. In the last few weeks, I've seen a number of comments by Sotomayor and Kagan that are not points of law. There was a discussion about the COVID vaccine, and Sotomayor started talking about how many kids are in hospitals. Well, that's not relevant to your case, to the discussion of the case, because that came up. And people were saying, well, she's wrong because the number's wrong. It's only about 3,500. It's not 100,000. I don't care about that. What I care about is why are you considering anything but what the law says? That is your job as a Supreme Court justice, to interpret the Constitution and the laws of the nation and then send things back to the legislature as either constitutional or unconstitutional. State your reasons why. It doesn't matter if there's a million people in the hospital. If the law says one thing, you have to say, that's the law. You need to go back to the legislature and you need to decide what to do about those million people in the hospital. I'm sorry, but you can't get it done with this law. It's unconstitutional. Or say it's constitutional. That's what the law says. And we don't care if all these people don't want to take the vaccine. The law is very specific on it. One or the other. It should have no bearing on how many people are sick or who is sick or who is suffering or not. That is an opinion that is political. That is something you do in a legislature or in Congress, which is the federal legislature. That's what's disturbing to me. And the reason that's happening is because our law schools have failed the students that are admitting to them. Our law schools no longer teach the law. Our law schools teach social activism and judicial activism as if it's some ideology. Well, I want you to think about this a second. When you say that a law must change with the times, well, that's the role of the legislature. Legislature say, well, this law is out of date. You debate, one side says one thing, one side says another, and you come to a decision and you pass a new law or repeal it. It's a little different when a judge says, well, what was true back then is not true now, so I'm going to change the law. I'm going to rule it unconstitutional. Well, if you're, if you're and because the Supreme Court is politically appointed, if you're going to change how you read the law, based on a political ideology or when times change, well, then you can just change the law anytime you want. Then what's the point of having a law? If you say to me, well, 
the Second Amendment doesn't apply now because back then there were only muskets or some idiotic defense like that. You're essentially rewriting the law without going through the normal legislative process of amending the Constitution. Everyone talks to me about how the Constitution is flexible document. Yes, but it has to go through a process. If you don't like the Second Amendment, you can repeal it or rewrite it. You go to the legislature, you write a bill, you say, I want to repeal the second, send it, and everyone then votes on it. You have control of the House, you have control of the Dem, the, the, your party has control of the Senate, you have control of the White House, why shouldn't, why shouldn't you pass it? Because you know full well it won't go. So now they just say, interpret the law. Well, interpret, we should interpret differently because times have changed. No, they really haven't. Because the Constitution is based on principles. And principles don't change. Laws do. But that's a moment of discussion and a joint effort. Despite what Biden said in today's speech, legislation is always a joint effort in America, in a free country. When it's not a joint effort, when some people who just get the majority get into power and they change all the laws depending on their whim, your law is going to change with the whims of the American people. That's never a good thing. That's why most of the world's mass democracies are masking tyranny. Some of the worst tyrants in the world are mass democracies. I can point to them. Point, uh, half of the dozen African republicans, uh, republics. Vladimir Putin and Russia's democracy. Mass democracy. How is that possible? How is it possible that a brutal thug like Vladimir Putin gets elected time after time when so many people are coming out against him, so many journalists, before they croak, before they're assassinated, speak ill of the man? How is it he gets elected time after time? Mass democracy. All you have to do is control what? The media. That's why they're censoring people on the internet all the time. They censor people on Twitter, YouTube, all the big tech company censor because once they get and control the narrative they could control the vote and if you shift the country to mass democracy you essentially can control the people and stay in power forever that's why you can't change the law based on political ideologies you have to maintain the law based on what what precedent is and what the law actually says the constitution is a law a set of laws the Bill of Rights is a set of laws. Each amendment is a change to that law. It went through a process. It is not open for interpretation. And yet, Supreme Court justices like Sotomayor, like Kagan, take a decidedly different view because their law schools are teaching that. If you want to change the Supreme Court, really change the Supreme Court and change laws in this country, you need to start attacking what I have always said, our education system. We need to get rid of the Department of Education. We need to reinvent what education actually is. Get government out of the schooling process. We did fine up until 1979. We were able to go to the moon. It was only until we started getting the federal government involved in education that everything went to pot. That's why the schools are now turning out rows of idiots, college-educated idiots, who do not understand the laws of the nation because they've never been taught how to think.
have been taught that the law is flexible. If the law is flexible, then everything's flexible, right? And all your principles are flexible. You can change with the whim of a political bent. That's how tyrannies start. Let's move on. Let's talk about Biden and the schools again. We'll be right back. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Americans are starting to feel the effects of the federal government in the schools, CRT, as well as other things. I noticed the change some time ago when our education system was not turning out as many people with high scores in the tests. SAT scores were dropping. Kids were not passing their classes. They were not able to compete in colleges. They were not able to compete in the workplace either. So what did they do to fix this? What, what brilliant concept did they come up with? Well, let's, let's change the tests, right? The tests are racist. They must be. All of these black and brown and yellow kids can't graduate from school because they can't understand the tests. No, it's because they are living in inner cities with poor education standards, with poor schooling, with poor parenting had nothing to do with their intelligence. It had everything to do with the way we were raising them and the way we were educating them. We were passing kids who can't even read and write. So the problem was what? Not the education system, not the unions, not the teachers. It was what? Oh, let's get rid of the tests. Let's change the tests. They're Mesas. They dumbed down the tests. And then when they still couldn't pass, they just said, well, just pass them. No child is left behind. What does that mean? It means you pass an ignoramus. Do kids get left back anymore? No. Do kids get Fs anymore? No, that's racist to give a child an F. That's not fair. That's unfair to punish the child. Why? He screwed up. 
He's got to go back until he learns the material, and he keeps going back until he learns the material. Nobody wants to say that to children anymore. Certainly not the parents. So now with critical race theory being pushed down their throats, instead of reading and writing and arithmetic and the basic STEM classes, parents are understandably upset. They're starting to see what child is bringing home to their home. They're seeing the child come home with communistic ideas. Our culture is wrong. Our nation is wrong. And although they say that CRT does not teach a child that white people are terrible, that's what a child will learn from it. Children are quicker than you think. Maybe that's not your intent, but that's what they're learning. They're learning to hate their own color. They're learning to hate their own country. They're learning to hate their own culture. Or at least not have anything to do with it. With their own history. When parents got outraged, they stood at the school board meetings, as I suggested they should, and say something. No, this is wrong. I wanted to change. And I, many times parents would get understandably agitated, outraged, and start yelling at the podium. The Biden administration recognized that it was a threat, not to the child's education, but what? Their agenda and the power of the teacher's unions. Because as school boards replace, guess who also gets replaced? School superintendents, school advisors, school textbook commissions. All of that stems from a school board. Well, you want to really change your country? Change the school board. Run for your local school board. Don't run for governor. Don't run for register. Run for a school board. That's where you really make a change in society. That's why the liberals infiltrated in America using our school system first. They injected a wide variety of leftist professors at our university system and trickled down and through the unions. I see teachers out striking in, in Chicago that can't even speak English properly. I got a stroke. What's their excuse? When Attorney General Merrick Garland issued a memorandum based on a teacher's union memorandum about the hostility at school board meetings, suggesting that maybe the Patriot Act could be used as labeling Americans who are understandably upset over critical race theory as terrorists or domestic terrorists, people got understandably agitated and angry, more than they already were. They were labeled by their own government as a hostile threat for simply caring about their children's education, for simply getting angry about all of the changes that were being made to their child's education. Your child isn't your own. That's what Terry McAuliffe said. You shouldn't have anything to say about it. We're the experts. We're in the club and you're not. People were asked, Merrick Garland in particular, in a congressional hearing, why did the memo come out in such short order after the teachers' union was complaining about this? Normally, these memos take a long time, and they have to be carefully considered because it involves legal action and investigative action by the Justice Department. Garland said, no, we've been thinking about it for a while. Says he completely composed the letter by himself. He signed it. 
congressman said, no, that's baloney, baloney. You didn't do that. And he said, no, no, no. I don't work for the White House. The Department of Justice has it's always been an independent arm of government because the law cannot be politically biased, as I said with the last segment, because that would be a bad thing. Okay, fine. That's your story. You stick it to it. We get it. Now it comes out that not only did the White House have influence on the direction of this letter, there were emails suggesting that Adam Cardona, the Secretary of Education under the Biden administration, specifically suggested how to use the Patriot Act as a weapon against, ter uh, against terrorist teachers, uh, terrorist parents. Oh, no, no, it's, all, it's not about people expressing genuine concerns, it's only about the very violent few. So now what the email said, the email basically directed the Department of Justice to use its assets as a political arm of the United States government, as a punishment tool for people speaking their mind. There's no question about it. It is highly unethical, if not out and out illegal. The Department of Justice does not work for the White House. While it is under the executive branch, it is an independent arm of government. Much less work at the behest of the education secretary. Merrick Garland doesn't answer to the secretary of education. Answers only to the president. The Biden administration is using its political ideology as a weapon against the American people. That is the only way that you can read these emails. They're available online. I'll be posting them to LibertyNeverSleeps.com. This is an outrage. He actually specifically used the terms Patriot Act. This is exactly what all of us were complaining about the Patriot Act 20 years ago, me included. Even though I wasn't a columnist and a podcaster then, I was saying, this is a bad bill, bad bill. I was, and I was in the minority. Everyone was saying, no, we need to be safe. And they hastily passed the Patriot Act. There have been a couple attempts in the recent years to try and repeal it. I, for one, want it gone. United States security assets should never, federal assets, never be used against the American people, ever. Under any circumstances, law enforcement should be held to the local level for the obvious reason that you're seeing now. Because the federal government can be politicized. It can be used as a hostile force against the American people. It is an act of tyranny. It might even be illegal. You have to consult with your lawyer. But think about it. This was 20 years ago when we all had the discussion of the Patriot Act. That was the one thing that everybody said. Oh, you bunch of conspiracy theorists. The Patriot Act would never be used in that way. Why do you think I don't carry a cell phone? Why do you think I don't do a lot of things that he tell me to do? Why do you think I've checked out of all the little systems? Why do you think I not post my photo on Facebook? These are all little tools that the American government can use to suppress your thoughts and ideas and your freedoms. I keep telling people this, put away the cell, throw it away. It's a tracking device. That's all it is. It's a federal tracking device. If you don't think, oh, they would never do that. Edward Snowden, why aren't we pardoning that guy? He told us they're using it against you.
They're using it as a weapon and they will take away your rights sooner or later, if not now and in the future. We were all labeled conspiracy theorists, right? Oh, you're, but yeah, you're a Luddite. You're a conspiracy theorist. Really? The Secretary of Education just said he's going to do that. When did, when did he become in charge of the Justice Department? When the Democrats got elected. Because everything's politicized. Everything's run from smoke-filled rooms with a bunch of communists sitting around plotting our demise. This nation is under attack. You better stand up and be counted and start standing for something if you're not. It's a betrayal of the public trust. The American people trust a person when they're elected president. Same thing with a governor or anything. It's a, but you, you entrust that the political leader of your state or your jurisdiction or your country will not use its tools against you. That's why we have the Second Amendment, just in case they do. And what they did regarding the teachers, regarding the Patriot Act, is a betrayal of the public trust. It is an impeachable offense at the very least. The betrayal of the public trust is prime, it's paramount, it was discussed in the Federalist Papers. They discussed it when they were forming the Constitution. What if? That public trust is essential in a democracy which is a a uh, republic, because why are leaders elected? Why, why are leaders? It is consent of the governed to be governed. Did you consent to that? Did you consent to the Department of Being of Justice being a political arm of the United States government? I certainly didn't. The Constitution certainly says it can't. That's why we don't have a federal police force. There's a reason for that. Let's move on. Let's talk about another waste of money. We'll be right back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.
in Afghanistan. It gets worse. Taliban can't run their own country. It's a country without an economy, without any kind of established industry, and it's run by a bunch of religious fanatics who walk around beating people for playing music in the street. You think you can run a successful economy like that? Well, Joe Biden does, maybe. Because that's what he was talking about today. Ah, we'll just go whatever. We'll just do what we want. We're getting in the way. These guys. I mean, he practically used that term, these fucking guys, right? These guys are out of town. What? Drooling down his face. He's drooling down his face. Coughing. <laughs> these guys. So what's the solution? What's the Democrat solution to problems in Afghanistan? My, my attitude is let it burn. They didn't want to defend their nation. We couldn't do it. So they threw us out. They blew up our soldiers at the airport while we were trying to get them out. People said, well, those are the Taliban, not the people. I don't care. People have to fight for their own freedom. You can't give it to them. And if they're not willing to fight for their own freedom, then we're not, we shouldn't be feeding them. There's a crisis now, a humanitarian crisis. Well, it's a Taliban's problem. They took it over. You got it. You want us back in there? No, I don't think so. So now they're asking us money. And now the Biden administration, as a typical Democrat solution to any problem, throw money at it. They increased aid to Afghanistan by another 300 some odd million dollars. An unprecedented number, by the way. We've never given that kind of money to Afghanistan. Where do you think it's going to go? You think it's going to go to the people of Afghanistan? They're murdering people in the streets. They're hanging them, beating them with sticks. They're not, they're not going to go to feed anybody. Oh, yeah, when the Red Cross guy comes around, a truck of food will show up. It's just like when the Nazis. You know, the Red Cross used to inspect concentration camps. They went to Auschwitz. They said it was okay. Because whenever they would come around, the Germans would walk around with blankets of food and helping people. Oh, I know it's a tough situation, but we're helping them best we can. So war on, you know. Red Cross signed off on Auschwitz. So when they, you know, say, well, we're going to get these money to Afghanistan, give 306 some odd million dollars or whatever the hell number is to the Taliban, it's just going to be used as what? Weapons against us. Those guys are plotting some sort of evil. You know they're sitting down with the Chinese and the Iranians and the Russians and they're all coming up with ways to spend that money. Ways to foil the American narrative. That's what they're going to use it for. That's a typical Democrat problem. Oh, people are suffering, throw money at it. Now, the people are suffering because of the Taliban running things. Not because they don't have food. It was like when Stalin, we sent all kinds of aid to Stalin, you know, during, during the famines that they had. Hundreds of millions of people were starving. Nobody knows how many millions died. Same with Mao. We sent, we sent aid to them. Do you think it went to feed him? No. Went in the pockets of the people in charge. That's the nature of it. They're an enemy. You do not send money to an enemy nation. Afghanistan is an enemy nation. Biden says, we didn't lose in Afghanistan. You didn't, huh? If you can't even get people out, they still have got people there, then that's an enemy nation. 
They have publicly said they're enemies of the United States. They're sitting down with the Chinese, with Russia, with North Korea. They are our enemies. You do not send them aid. You let it collapse. And let the people do what they need to do with their own government. I've said this many times. You want to solve the world's problems? Stop shipping them food. Start shipping them guns wrapped in the United States Constitution. Say, here's a, bat, a blueprint on how to make your country better. We got rid of the, the English crown, the most powerful navy and military in the world at the time, with this document. Declaration of Independence. Here you go. Here's what you do. But you got to earn it. Because nobody can give it to you. Because what happens when people give it to you? As soon as the people who gave it to you leave, you just watch the other guys come in and take over. That's exactly what happened. We tried to give freedom to Afghanistan. Mistake. Got to be earned. I know it's a painful, bloody thing. It was a painful, bloody thing for the United States to beat the British Army. It was a painful, bloody thing for the people to get rid of Napoleon. Same thing. The only way a people can be free is if they earn it. And they haven't, sadly. Haven't figured it out. Well, we have no way of fighting. That's right. We're going to ship you guns. Here you go. This is a good one. Here, here. Send them a couple street sweepers. You'd be surprised at what a couple thousand Thompson machine guns with arms would do to Afghanistan. That's what you do. Oh, it'd be bloody. It'd be horrible. It'd be Lots of people die. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what revolutions do. That's what a real insurrection looks like. Shooting going on, people dying in the street, women and children, horrible, famine. It's to be avoided at all costs. I agree. I hate violence. I appall it. As an intellectual, I find it offensive in the extreme. It's absolutely last resort. But it doesn't mean that there isn't a time and place for it. And in Afghanistan, it's the time and place. You got people running it, beating you in the street, telling you to turn off the music. That's the time. Let's get rid of them. Time also happened in our country in 1776. King George. Walking around like he owned the place. Literally telling people to, his, to their faces, I own the place. I'm, you're the king's subject. Do what I say. Oh, yeah? You can't tell me that a human being is different in Afghanistan than the United States. I believe they want freedom. I believe they can earn their freedom. But unfortunately, before that happens, they're going to have to hit rock bottom. There's going to have to be famines because people don't simply die sitting in their living room saying, I can't do anything. Not unless they're disarmed. So arm them. If you send... Lots of weapons and lots of support. They, you know, talk about Afghanistan as an evil empire in the public forum as president of the United States and quietly send weapons to insurgent groups because they are there. You'll see change in Afghanistan, but you don't send troops. That's not our business. It's not our affair. We'll help you get free, but you've got to earn it. And that's not a Democrat message, is it? Democrats never want people to earn anything. They want it given to them. They want to write a check and think it'll all go away. It won't. You feed Afghanistan this winter, what's going to happen? They're going to be hungry next winter. They'll probably be hungry this winter as the Taliban spends the money on weapons and bullets and things like that. 
or train more terrorists to ship over here with our open borders. That's probably true too. Or maybe it's to pay off the Taliban government so we can get some more people out because that's what we do now. We suck at the nipple of our enemies rather than destroy them. That's what we do. We, we no longer fight a war to win. We fight a war to rebuild a nation. We send our troops up and down the road to get blown up. And it's always the best and brightest of us, isn't it? That's not fighting a war. That's sending him over to a meat grinder. I watched it twice happen in my life. First in Vietnam and now in Afghanistan. Sending men and women, the best and the brightest of our society, to their deaths. For what? No, we're helping to free the Afghanistan people. You can't. Only the Afghan people themselves can become free. Or learn to live with the tyranny. Learn to live with the starvation and the hunger year after year. But human nature tells me they won't do that if they have a way out. Let's move on. Let's talk about Fauci a second. We'll be right back. So as I said earlier, Fauci was on the hat seat up in Congress. You know, if, if Congress ever calls me, I'm just going to say the fifth and let them do their speeches. Well, I eat a, you know, a peanut brittle or something, drink down a Coke. You know, they give you all kinds of like gimmies. Oh, uh, can I have some water? Can I have a Coke? Just sit there, burp. And then I make their speeches. Why was Fauci even answering the questions? He didn't, obviously. He thinks they're all idiots. He said so on an on a open mic. Ah, idiot. They're not idiots. You're a career bureaucrat. What do you know? You're a Quasimodo. That's what I call career bureaucrats, Quasimodos, like that guy Vinman. They called him a decorated wounded vet. I call him a Quasimodo. I don't, uniform or not, there are lots of people in uniform that are leftists and communists. Don't let that fool you. Remember John Kerry? Sitting in his uniform, I threw my medals over the White House wall. But he sits in uniform in Congress because it looks impressive. Because nobody wants to attack a veteran, right? Nobody wants to attack someone who sacrificed a portion of his life for his country. But a career bureaucrat didn't even do that. All he's done is push papers for 20 years. He hasn't treated a patient. He hasn't walked the floor. He just does nothing. He reads things in emails and calls congressman an idiot. He's part of the cabal that can't even get your package there on time. What do they know? And every one of these Quasimodos is about four foot eight and looks like Alfred E. Newman. We're creating another one with Pete Buttigieg. Same thing. These are people who couldn't get jobs anywhere else. Do you think Fauci could get a job in a hospital? Maybe in 1972 or whenever he started. I don't, he's that long. He goes back to the AIDS crisis. By the way, an AIDS crisis he bungled too. One of the reasons why AIDS got so quickly out of control was some of the dumb things he said back then. Except back then, people had more sense than they do now. So now we're all walking around with gags in our mouths and rags stuffed in our face. 
Everybody's afraid of everything. Yeah, it's a deadly disease. Yeah, it's something to be concerned about. But you got to live your life. Yeah, your ship won't sink if it goes if it stays in the harbor, but that's not what ships are for. Neither are you. Our children are going up all kinds of psychologically damaged. Now he's up on the hill having to answer these questions. Ted Cruz, Senator Rand Paul chewing him out. And of course, the Democrats, the same old thing. Some of them were chewing him out too. Like, hey, I'm going to lose my job because of your dumb things. And he says, I'm like, because uh, an idiot. Listen, he funded experiments through the CDC that led to the creation of this virus. There are many people who have said that. It's a theory. Right? Just one man's opinion. Some like this doesn't emerge in natural form. That's what many microbiologists said. Up to you to decide. It's, I'm not a microbiologist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not even an epidemiologist, which is a mathematician, I might add. You can be an, an epidemiologist and know nothing about biology. They all say, well, it's a theory because we can't prove it. Yeah, well, I can't prove love or God exists, but I know they exist. There are lots of things in life you can't prove, but you know happened, right? You know full well what's really going on. Sharper minds use their critical reasoning process. If a virus gets out that no one's ever seen before and was a, essentially a virus that you were studying and doing experimentation on in the Wuhan lab and the virus breaks out in Wuhan, China, it's a pretty good bet. That it came from the lab. And Fauci's been caught lying about it. There were emails sent between Fauci and others that suggested that some of the funding went toward experimentation, which is banned in the United States. There's, that is not in question. He says, well, not really. Well, what does that mean? You didn't explain it. All you did was complain about all the crazies that were out to kill you. I get death threats every day. Every day. Some of the more colorful ones I've put on social media. It's the it goes with the nature of the business now today. Glenn Beck travels around with bodyguards. If you become famous, you have to have bodyguards. I've myself have been swatted at my house. You live with it. You do it. You do as best you can. Local police now know who I am. Come by the house every now and say hello. What has that got to do, Dr. Fauci, with the accusations and the discussion at hand with Senator Paul and Senator Cruz? Well, you, you people are attacking me and that's going to set off the crazies. Crazies don't need anything to set them off, Right? The nuts that call up a house. Rand Paul knows about crazies. One jumped him in his front yard. His damn neighbor. Broke his ribs. He had some complications. He knows full well. I would have said something if I was Rand Paul. I said, I know about crazies. They're going to exist no matter what you do. It doesn't. I, whatever I say is not going to trigger them. It's whatever you're doing. That experimentation may have led to millions of deaths worldwide. This guy doesn't even seem concerned about it. 
Aren't you concerned? Aren't you concerned about the millions of deaths that might have? Wouldn't you like to know as head of the CDC specifically what experiments were being done in the Wuhan lab that your funding went to? No question that funding went to it. The question is whether it led to this virus or not because China's won't let anybody in and won't talk about it and gets mad at anybody who does. Anybody that says anything about it on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube gets banned. Anybody that suggests other than what the company line is gets banned. That tells you something, right? Because freedom of discussion or freedom of ideas is essential to science. So obviously they're not following the science. They're following the politics. Fauci made a mistake. He won't admit to it. I don't... See, I... Look, if, if Fauci said, I listen... I sent money to the Wuhan lab. I told them I wasn't supposed to go that. They used it for that. Yeah, I don't hold him personally accountable for the COVID virus. I do think it's a matter of incompetence. If you, if you are head of the CDC, you should know better than to send money to a communist country which uses its biological labs for developing biological weapons. You, you would uh, automatically understand that you send money there, you're sending money to a potential enemy nation who is going to use it for purposes that you didn't intend. So you don't do it. Say, no, we're going to draw the line on that. We have rules here in our country about these kind of experiments which make a virus more lethal in order to study it. Damn, no, we're not, we don't do that. So, and we can't trust you. Oh, well, we, we, we're sorry. We, we've never you that. Oh, okay. Well, you say that, but you're a member of a communist empire. We would never send Russia that kind of money or information. Why did we send China? And they're worse than the Russians. At least Putin murders people on the individual basis. And China's going around mass killing people with genocide. Nobody's, nobody argues that otherwise, by the way. You're going to send a nation that commits genocides and engages in slave labor of its own people, puts people in concentration camps. Let's give them money so they can study Viruses. Yeah, that's a really bright idea. You, that's incompetence. That's what he. That, I, nobody said that in today's hearings. I didn't watch every minute of it, but nobody said suggested that to Fauci. Uh, Doctor Fauci, why would you send money to a communist country that's developing bioweapons in its labs, commits genocide, and enslaves their own people? Why would we send money at all under any circumstances, let alone to their bioweapons division? Why would you do that? What were you thinking? What was your thought process on sending money to an evil empire, which is where the United States position has always been on communism? Why would we do that? You see that hammer and sickle on their flag? That stands for everything for against what, what America stands for. Why would we send money there? Why are we sending money there now? Why are we doing business with them? I don't know. I guess people want a cheaper toaster. I suppose that's worth something, huh? We got to move on. I want to. I want to talk about San Francisco a bit. We'll be right back. San Francisco. In the late 80s, I lived for a brief time in the 
city of San Jose. I've been to San Francisco many times, not recently. When when you when you live in the San Jose area, you visit the city a lot. San Francisco is not that far away. It's a hop, skip, and a jump on the BART. It was a beautiful city. I was up there with a girlfriend and her friend. We went downtown on a weekend. You could walk the streets. They were clean. I remember we had a good time. We went uh, to see some of the things and the sights in the city. We were outside the Transamerica building. There was nobody on the street because it a, it's a downtown financial district. It was a beautiful city. Not anymore. It's a mess. Absolute mess. Heroin addicts, needles on their arms, falling over in the street. So many people are defecating in the street. They have a poop squad that goes around and cleans it up and can't keep up with it. The residents leave their cars unlocked with the door open, wide open, all night long because so many break-ins on cars, they're telling criminals, there's nothing in my car to break into because they're just breaking in the cars for tapes or whatever you leave in the car, looting the car. So they leave it open so that nobody loots it. Can you imagine living like that? And the real estate is through the roof because... You can't build there. The regulations are so intense, it's unbelievable. Unless you pay off the government. Then you can build whatever you want. They built a huge tower in San Francisco. Now, if you know anything about San Francisco's geology, which I have studied extensively, you'll know that it is a city on the bay. If you know anything about geography, at least you'd know that. It is built on a rocky peninsula that juts out many, many years ago. It was a part of a much larger valley where now the San Francisco Bay sits because the ground settled and the Pacific Ocean where the Golden Gate Bridge rushed in. That's essentially what happened. It is a natural phenomenon in California for the coastline to do that. The plates there are moving northward and settling down into the crust. This is what they call a subduction zone. As a result, valleys along the coastline gradually break off and away from the coast and form bays and eventually islands, like the Channel Islands in South and in, in Los Angeles area. As such, they are subject to earthquakes. The land and the, the pattern that I've just described also creates something else, softening of the soil. It's a constant battle between the ocean and the west coast of California and the subduction zone of the plate. The ground becomes liquefied gradually. Water becomes deeper. The water table rises. The ground settles down. And at some point, there may be an earthquake where the water rushes in and parts of it break off and become islands. It's what they call liquefaction zone. The interesting thing about these liquefaction zones is that when the ground shakes, the water has a tendency to rise up and break apart the rock. It becomes like mud, like quicksand. It's a phenomenon that's very common in most of California, whether you know it or not. It's one of the reasons why it's difficult to build dams there, why they build dams in Nevada and Arizona and then trickle the water down. It's almost impossible to build a dam in California. Oh, it's done. There's a few. There was one in my hometown in Castaic. They have to usually be uh, rubble dams. They can't be a concrete dam like Hoover Dam because of the constant earthquakes and liquefaction of the soil. 
One of the things that you also have to be worried about is building too much weight on it. If you build too much weight on a liquefaction zone, the compression of the soil causes the water table to rise and the ground to undermine underneath the building. You have to dig deep into the ground, huge concrete pillars until it hits bedrock. Many stories. You go up 50 stories, you better go 25 down with your foundation. They build these buildings in San Francisco because they pay off leaders. Because normally you can't build high in San Francisco. There's all kinds of rules about building skyscrapers and tall buildings in California. Most notably in San Francisco because of that. Because it's dangerous. Many times the freeways become subjected to liquefaction when there's an earthquake and the overpasses collapse. And most, most notably was in 1994. I've seen it. I've actually seen it happen. The ground actually shakes like jelly. I've been on top of six and seven point earthquakes several times. It's not pretty. The ground shakes like jelly and the ground moves up and down. Sometimes some of it doesn't come back up. It's just the nature of it. It's why California is so beautiful. The land is so rugged because all of this has been going on for years. They built these huge skyscrapers in San Francisco and now one of them is tilting because they did something really dumb. They built a huge building on a liquefaction zone, and then the geniuses decided to build a subway in the street below it. Oh, they shored up the building while they dug the hole. Everyone told them it was a bad idea. The architects that built the building and the engineers that built it insist that building a subway didn't undermine the building. Bullshit. I don't care what an engineer will tell you. Engineers have been wrong all the time. Engineers tell you Bumblebee can't fly. Engineer built the San Francisco Dam until it collapsed. Engineers get it wrong all the time. It's not always about the math. You cannot build that kind of weight and then dig holes underneath it. I don't care what you do to shore it up. No, it needs the massive weight of the land around it to form pressure on the base in order for the base to stay stable. Now the building's tilting as much as three, three inches a year. They don't know what to do. They're doing studies. I can tell you what to do. Demolish it. Nancy Pelosi's about to retire because why? Well, she's going to lose the house and she doesn't want to face it. And then she's getting old. She can barely finish a complete sentence. Did you see her the other day? She had more pancake on than, than Bozo the Clown. She had her eyebrows painted on. I don't know what the hell is going on with her. I guess she's mixing vodka, vodka and Dayquil again. She says, well, I'm probably going to retire and this and that thing. Yeah, I know. Were you going to retire to one of those tall buildings? Nope. She's not like Obama, right? Obama lives right on the coast of Nantucket Sound. He's not worried about global warming. He's not worried about oceans rising. Nancy's moving inland, so they say. Every building in San Francisco now is suffering from what? Liquefaction, the soil. This building that they're talking about in the news is also not one of the only buildings that's doing this. Transamerica building even has a slight tilt to it now. Because they dug holes in it. They dug actually dug holes, subway tunnels. And they say, well, we'll sharp the building. Yeah, but the concrete is a rigid structure. It has to be by nature to be a subway tunnel. I can't have the subway tunnel moving around. So as such, as the ground shifts, so does the building. 
That's why you have to have compacted soil around the building, the natural soil on the ground, so that the building can move around and settle. It can't. It's now built on concrete pylons over a subway. It's falling into the fucking hole. That's what you're doing. This is California politics all over. Politics. No one else can build but us, and we'll do it right. And they're wrong. Guess what? Wrong. Experts are wrong so many times. Do, look, I'm not saying totally disregard experts. But at the same time, don't disregard common sense. Common sense tells you if you put a 50-story building on top of a liquefaction zone and then dig a hole underneath it, you're asking for trouble. And the people said to him at the time, Oh, wait, this is not a good idea. Don't do this. Many geologists said that. Don't do this. They said, oh, you don't know what you talk about. Modern engineering methods can solve that problem. Obviously not. China has the same problem. China is also doing the same thing. They've got engineers and math working, but they don't have the common sense. So I don't know what's going to happen in that building. Maybe it'll eventually stop. You know, it could happen that way. It could just settle, you know, until it finally, the, the ground around it becomes compact enough again to withstand the pressures of all that weight. Or it could just fall over one day. I know a mathematician and an engineer will tell you that can't happen, but let me tell you, one good shake, a good 6.0 hits, hits San Francisco and might not wipe out those little wooden structures on Knob Hill, but man, it might bring that skyscraper down. You, you know what happens when a skyscraper comes down. It could take out entire blocks, can't it? As we learned on September 11th, 2001, which they'd like us to forget. Yeah, it can do that. It could take down an entire city block because the impact of the building with that many stories also damages the buildings around it and undermines them. Subway tunnels collapse. Bedrock doesn't. But subway tunnels do. And these geniuses put one underneath the street outside that building. And just remember that when they constantly tell you, and people like Fauci, who's supposed to be an expert on epidemiology or disease, next time they tell you, well, we're the experts, we know better and you don't. Point to that tilted building in San Francisco. Point to the San Francisco Dam. I got a list as long as my arm on how many government projects have failed because the experts said one thing and all the common sense people said, no, that won't work. It's endless. We're out of time for today. I hope you enjoyed today's show. We'll be back tomorrow with our weekend show. And then there's the private show for those of you who donate $10 or more to our show. If you donate $2 or more, you can get access to all the videos of the show from the last couple of years. Donations are what keep this show really humming. And for those who have donated to the show, maybe stop now. Thank you for the money. Thank you. Because we're miles away from when we started. And I want to continue that growth. So we need new donations, donations from the $2 donors, donations from the $10 who want to listen to that extra show a week. Now we'll be gone Monday. Monday is Martin Luther King. I promised myself this year I would take all the holidays off because last year I did 15 more shows than I needed to and I needed, I should take more time. 
So this year I'm going to take Martin Luther King holiday off and then I'll be back on Tuesday. We'll be back then. But I'll be back tomorrow for Thursday and Friday for our private listening audience. Take care, folks. Have a good one.